2: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 236. A lot of fun stuff going on over at the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash nerdist. Check that shit out. Then click subscribe because you're a good person. And you want to help us. Yes. Yes, you want to help us. Help nerdist. Well, I just scared away anyone who was gonna help us before by irritating them. Was that too irritating, Katie?
3: That was a little weird.
2: <laughs> Please don't hold back.
3: <laughs>
2: Just be, be as honest as you
3: <laughs> You asked.
2: You, I, asked. you know, to be fair, I did. <laughs> Listen, I don't need to be surrounded by people telling me that everything I do is good. I need I need young kids with moxie like you giving me There's the actual moxie. score so I can I get a I can totally know what's what's really going on. Right? Sure. Alright, you're fired. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, you're rehired. <laughs> I like, I like four second firings. You're fired. All right, you're rehired. Because then it gives me the sense of being, you know, like I get a surge of power, you know, to satisfy my douche genes. But then I have no intention of keeping you fired. So then a few seconds later, then you get the relief of like, all right, I got my great job back where I have to run all these podcasts. So I think it sort of works out for everyone. It if, does. If you think about it. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You're, <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, this episode of Nerds Podcast is brought to you by Comedy Bang Bang, Scott Ackerman's show, every Friday at ten nine central on IFC. If you haven't seen it yet, it's, it's it's just kind of an absurd half hour comedy talk show that looks like a talk show. Um, Scott Ackerman, Reggie Watts is the band. When Reggie Watts is your band, for Christ's sake, he's had amazing guests, Amy Poehler, Zach Galifianakis, Seth Rogen, this Friday, uh, today... If you're listening to this It's uh, Elizabeth Banks Elizabeth freaking Banks It's going to be on Comedy Bang Bang So check it out Comedy Bang Bang Comedy so nice They banged it twice Every Friday 10, 9 central On IFC And now this episode Of Nerds Podcast These are my friends Gabe and Etta Diani and Divine. Uh, I, we This was recorded a while back I was sort of waiting For a good event thing To build the podcast around uh, that you could check out so they made this move well first of all Gabe and Etta did the Huck Finn robotic edition where they essentially kickstarted like 30 some thousand dollars when they were trying to get six to make a book where they replaced the n-word in Huck Finn with robot <laughs> and so everywhere and then they they had the book beautifully bound and reillustrated. illustrated uh, so ever for- so everywhere where Jim was is a robot uh, and it was it's uh, phenomenal they're hilarious people amazing sketch comedy writers. I've done comedy with them for years and years and years and I feel like everyone should know who they are. And so, um just being the kind of self-starters that they are, they made a movie. Like g- they wrote a script and just made a movie themselves called The Selling. Uh it's it's a paranormal comedy which I loved. Uh a bunch of my friends were in it. Uh uh Janet was in it, Cole Stratton was in it, Simon Helberg's in it, and uh and g- Gabe an are in it and it and it's it's a fucking great movie. And so they are kickstarting basically a theatrical release. So if you go to Kickstarter and just type the selling into the search bar, uh, I believe it goes until about mid-August. Um, they're trying to raise 25 grand to get a theatrical release. And I wanted to have them on not only because I love them and I think they're funny and they were on the stand-up comedy cluster from last year that we did here at Meltdown, but just as, as, as people, as self-starters, as people who have that kind of entrepreneurial, like, Hey, we want to do a thing. We're just gonna go out and make it. I thought it would be great to have them on because a lot of a lot of you guys want to do the same stuff. And you say, "How do I do comedy? How do I make a movie? How do I do, write a TV show?" And so, just from from their point of view, I wanted to have them on to talk about that. And they're just lovely people. So you can follow them uh, at Diani Divine on Twitter. D i a n i. D-E-V-I-N-E and uh and So here we go. Uh, Gabe Diani, Edda Divine, Diani and Divine on the Nerds Podcast, episode number two thirty-six.
0: Now entering Nerdist.com. but I don't want to drink from their water
2: bottle. (laughs) I'm fine. (laughs) Did you say I'm fine with blowing strangers, but I don't want to drink from their water bottles? Yeah, you know. Dicks aren't mouths. Mouths are gross. (laughs) I I don't want to put my mouth on someone's mouth. No. Exactly. Just like, uh, Mm.
1: oh, just like Julia Roberts
2: from Pretty Woman. She's like, didn't like kissing. Exactly. That's
0: right. That's right. She'll
2: totally, she'll totally gob your knob for 300 bucks. But uh, not there, no kissing.
3: An and you thought it,
0: you thought it was like an emotion Possibly. thing? No, she just she's just OCD. In the I first
3: d- in the first draft, that was Jason Alexander's character that didn't want to kiss him mouth. <laughs> and they changed it. <laughs> yeah, didn't make sense.
2: I uh, I was just thinking about that movie the other day, and ha- what an amazing movie! What is? an amazing feat it was. Like, she's a hooker, but she's adorable. <laughs> right and well, she usually lo- are so <laughs> yeah they can be
1: so I <laughs> she had a pretty nice apartment too of her very it. nice apartment do you see her apartment yeah I think like in the very beginning oh, what's see her dream body body and, time? Uh, and then her apartment
3: huh. You ever drive down western at like three o'clock in the morning well, those are women those are real hookers those aren't women yes no, a lot no, a lot of pretty uh, women just waiting to be rescued they by are. a billionaire <laughs> they get past third.
1: We heard uh, reports of uh, the prostitutes being out at like 8 a.m. On a and school you, day.
0: On a school on day. On our corner. When they're supposed the to be in school. Right, when they're yes. supposed to be in school.
1: <laughs> and you know that times are, are tough when they're pulling the morning shift. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's like, like a cabby. Well,
4: yeah, sure I from- Like, uh, and, you know, hanging around Waikiki, uh, there, were just, there were just tons of prostitutes everywhere. Really? Yeah, and they're all gorgeous. It was crazy. Hmm.
3: Nice.
4: Yeah, just like just tons everywhere. Like, every, like a few on every corner. Hawaiian well, hooker. You guys have a Hawaiian hooker surplus. Yeah, we do. I don't know. I, last time I went, I haven't. I didn't see any. I think they had to move to a different part of the town. Mm. We want to, want to
3: lose a lot of money. We should go play in Hawaii. We should just do a nerd show in Hawaii.
2: That would be a great idea. Maybe the hookers will come out. We'll go to all the favorite places like a Honda Alma Bay and Mauna Loa. and in two different islands, Chris. Yep, that's right. Wow. We're gonna hit both islands.
4: <laughs> <laughs> There's more than two, Chris. <laughs> what?
2: What? What was the yeah. leprechaun colony, Lanai, or is that Molokai? Uh, the, did did the
4: leprechaun colony? colony. The leprechaun colony. <laughs> leprechaun colony. That's oh, that Ireland. was uh, Ireland.
2: <laughs> that was uh, Lanai Kilkenny, right? <laughs> yeah. That's where the, the leprechauns were. Uh, that's. Uh, hey, Mol- we've buried Molokai. our gold in the sand. Molokai has. Don't that. you know? <laughs> buried us right in the sand. <laughs> hey, my <me> gold. <laughs> Um, Gabe Diani at a divine. You are Diani and divine. Yeah. Um, we've been friends for a very long time. Uh, I, I wanted to have you guys on the show cause you're two of my favorite people oh. and also you're tremendously funny, but a lot of people listen to this podcast who are just like yourselves. They are, you know, young, funny, talented creators. And a lot of people don't really know how to do stuff, like how to get their stuff done. And you have just demonstrated two times back-to-back that, you know, you guys with with very limited resources managed to uh, write, direct, and produce a film uh,
4: and also uh, a book.
0: Oh, we sound really impressive. It is pretty impressive. <laughs> no, when you, you know, when he you think about it.
4: say anything, make it ever, all sound impressive. He has yeah. a weight to it, I think. Yes. You're a pig farmer. <laughs> hey,
3: that is impressive. <laughs>
1: that is you know what?
2: Honorable
0: that is a fucking hard job. It is. No.
2: <laughs> pig farmer. Who would, you know. <laughs> he can make anything
0: sense. Every day. Well, every day look, you have to. Unforgiven. Like, that every day was a hard job. Have you're farming
3: have you, pigs. Have you not seen Lady Hoggers on A&E after Storage Wars? Wait, wait what? what? Lady Hoggers oh. is really good. Lady Hoggers. Is Lady Hoggers, wait, was that the
2: movie with Matthew Broderick where Michelle Pfeiffer by Derek? But but by day, Michelle Pfeiffer is a bird. But (laughs) by night, Rutger Hauer is a pig.
1: Lady Hawk. Oh, okay. And I
0: think he's—is he a pig? No,
1: he's—he's a a wolf.
0: Oh, he's a big bad wolf. He should have been a pig.
1: (laughs) He should have been a pig. That would be—I think Lady Hawk. In my opinion, all men are pigs,
3: right?
2: I think Lady Hawk would have been a far superior film. (laughs) He's a pig by night. Let's (laughs) let's do it. Let's let's remake it. Did you just say all men are pigs,
4: right?
3: (laughs) Well done, Monique.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Your hair, your legs aren't that hairy. <laughs> well played, <laughs> well played, Mister Myra. Well,
0: <laughs> oh, you hurt his feeling. We
3: also
2: just had you guys on the Nerdist uh, Santa Special, which will go up before this podcast, so people will already have been uh, familiar with you. But um, they,
1: can, I, they can see if they can spot when the uh,
2: the
3: alarm.
0: Goes oh come on, on
3: Etta's phone. <laughs> I what didn't hear that? it What was that alarm for?
0: Uh, uh, as um, a, a drunk girl in my uh, hot- in my dorm once said, um, "I don't have a baby vitamin." So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah sure. <laughs>
1: because she, we have this. We were selling the book, and uh, so on her phone, she's got this thing called the Square. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the it, Square, where you yeah. can sell. And it was in, and sort of it was out, and she was going to, but everyone kept sort of picking it up, and she was obsessive compulsive. She was like, "Everyone's <laughs> touching my phone. I touched it. I did. I picked so it up." So she put it in the backpack. <laughs> thinking we'll go on about 9.30, and then we ended up going on around 10, which is when it goes off. And, Thanks a lot, and Pete so home. Yeah, the, uh, I did not see the... you take your birth control pill on stage, so did you forget it that night?
0: I did. Oh, good. So, who Surprise!
2: Knows? <laughs> <laughs> guys, Very we're here Chris to Smith. tell you, we're pregnant. Uh, your post-show victory sex. Oh, yes. no!
3: Yes. What happened?
2: I uh, first met you guys uh, through... My ex girlfriend Janet. Mm-hmm. Um, you you got you. Did you go to college
1: with Janet? Yeah, yeah. We went to college together, and then we were in a sketch comedy group called Totally False.
2: Totally People. False People, uh, which was a a San Francisco. Not a
3: terrible name. Yeah, yeah. a lot of sketch groups have terrible names. There was there was a there was that a, was a terrible there was name. huge debate what name the name
1: go. was going to be. Uh, my pitch was the Great Depression. I also like that. <laughs> and then there was uh, Tiny Orphans with No Hope, which I thought was too long. Mm. But then Tiny Orphans sort of batted around for a little bit. And then uh, Janet and Cole and Dave went to go see Kids in the Hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was poor, and I couldn't afford a ticket. Sidebar:
2: Janet and Cole and Dave created and produced SF Sketchfest.
1: Yes, and thankfully, I decided not to join them in that. <laughs>
3: well, <because laughs> y- you were doing I said, something
1: really I'm, I'm going to go do my one man show. You guys have fun with your little sketch. Thing. And off
2: Gabe goes with his turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a and a pipe. Now it's like you know this huge thing, and I. Uh,
1: but H- you're performing H- it every year uh it's been a while we we did last year year, yeah Yeah, so we've been busy making the movie and stuff so
2: so, okay so they went to see kids in the hall and what happened
1: and so in uh i don't remember which kid it was but in the the bio he said something and said totally false people and then there's like let's have it be our name and that was sort of like uh the least contention so that (laughs) one won out
4: i i don't really like to see any sketch group that doesn't have a, a screw or a nut that's loose that's true. That's in the in the name of the you know, right, group, or right.
2: or a marble that's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. right.
4: Where are the slip nuts, <laughs> nuts. Like I said, nuts. <laughs> slip nuts. Where the sl- you remember the slip nuts? No, That was that, that a one sketch, on one one sketch on, sketch on, on it. No, it was a no. fake uh, Andy Blitz and <laughs> Andy Blitz and John not. Glazer. And <laughs> slip- they wanted to book Slipknot as a as a musical guest, and they messed up and. Uh, but the slip Nuts, which are these guys <laughs> that just wear sweater vests and We're slip, slip on nuts. Wear the slipnuts, yeah.
3: slipping on nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, delightful.
4: But,
2: right. but you know, again, time after time, you guys have demonstrated, and then you know, with Cole and Janet and Dave and starting SF Sketch Fest, it's like, hey, we like this thing. We're just going to start our own thing. Right. And so, I think you have, um, I think you have a lot of wisdom to impart to people uh, who who may feel like, well, I don't have resources and I don't, you know, yes, I have an idea, but I don't know how the fuck I'm going to get it made or what's going to happen. And so,
3: right.
2: you know, so and, and I'm sure I'm sure it didn't always feel like you were gaining wisdom <laughs> through the process, but you were and you and you and you have you um, a few years ago uh, had said had come up with this script uh, called The Selling.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so do you want to just talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, uh, well, first of all, we don't recommend people do anything the way we no. do it. We recommend having a famous parent or something like <laughs> yeah. yeah. that. That's really the best way to But get it things is. done. But in if, if absence of that, uh, you know, you can do it yourself. Um, a friend of mine from college, Emily Wilbur, uh, called me up and said that she wanted to direct a film and wanted me to write and star in it. And I was in L.A. and no one cared that I was in L.A. So I'm like, yeah, sure, okay, I'll do that. And uh, so developed this idea about a real estate agent trying to sell a haunted house. And uh, and then we scraped together uh, some money and we mm-hmm. made it.
0: Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: shot it in 14 days. Not in, enough uh, time. Really? For a feature
0: film. Yeah. You shot it yeah. in 14 days. We you were shooting days.
1: 10 yes. or 13 pages a day. That was insane. And uh, But there's not that much dark outside. I don't understand. I assume some <laughs> of it was dark. <laughs> some of mess. it was dark. But you can shoot night for day or day for night. Yeah. You can shoot night for day, I suppose, <laughs> but could. that would be a lot more expensive. <laughs> it's really
2: expensive to get the sun out in the middle yeah. of the night. <laughs> yes. You, okay, you either
4: bastard fucking <laughs> charges up the roof. <laughs>
2: His agent's a dick, too. Yeah. Yeah,
4: totally.
2: You either have to go to Iceland or someplace. It's just, a, it's pricey. <laughs> yeah, it it's is. It's a pricey Antarctica? prospect. And the hotels
0: in Iceland are... Ice. They're made of ice. They're made of they ice. No, those. they're made of green. They have those. They're made of green. Ones in Greenland are made of ice. Yes. Okay.
2: Right. Um, but... Uh, you know, when we saw, we went to the screening, you had the screening at AFI mm-hmm. for the selling. And listen, whenever you go to your friend's thing and you don't know what. I, I know I, I had wanted to be in the selling, yes. and, my, and my work schedule, I was out of town for a lot of the, the whole, days yeah. that you had to shoot. Right. And so it just, it just wasn't going to work out. And I'm sorry mm-hmm. that I wasn't able to, to do it. But it.
1: You could have been a huge uh, festival <laughs> star. <laughs> In Singapore. Yeah. (laughs) Finally. We're
2: always trying to get messaging about the podcast out to the Asian countries. (laughs) And so that would have been a huge boon for us. But, but, um, you know, when you go to see your friends thing or if it's a one man show or if it's a, then you're always like, Oh God, please don't suck. Please. Please, Because I don't, it's going to be difficult to look a good close friend in the eye and have to lie and they're going to (laughs) know I'm lying. And, and, but that didn't happen. The selling was a fucking great, hilarious, wonderful movie. And uh, it was a real, it was it was a it was a really impressive thing that you guys did. Thanks, Thank man. You.
1: It's uh, th- the opposite is true, where <laughs> you're putting something together and you're inviting your friends to come see it, and you're like oh, are people going to lie? Or, yeah. you know, is it going to well, be Well, you know, you'd
0: prefer they lie, but right. you actually would really prefer that they actually, actually enjoy like it. So. But
1: then, you know, you never trust that they're telling the mm-hmm. truth. Like, oh,
0: well, they're just... Because all you see is everything that's wrong with it. And
1: yeah, well, we've been living with it for two years, and, you know, it wasn't what, you know, we wanted it to be in our heads. So, you know, you always, you know, you imagined it being some big epic, you know, we're making the next Ghostbusters. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and if it doesn't quite work out that way, you... you
0: but I think that's I think just think being costly. an artist is being unhappy yeah, with you, yourself.
4: Yeah, yeah. I don't think you should ever be too <laughs> happy with like the end product. You know, you should right. feel that there's always something more to do to it. Yeah. Well, right. I think you should be happy. I just
2: think you should never feel too content with anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you should feel happy, and you should say, "Hey, this was a great learning process for the next movie." Right. I'll know this and this and this, because I would imagine the learning curve is pretty steep oh, yeah. when you when you because you've never made a movie before. No. And and so what what you know, like what what did it feel like? What would you take away from the process?
1: Don't trust anyone. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How so?
0: Uh, well, We're really easy to take advantage of. <laughs>
3: Yes. Noted. We're, we're Guys, rooms. can I stay at your house tonight? Well, no, sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. You need
0: to go to the airport?
3: Yeah. <laughs> LAX, though. I don't want to drive
1: to
0: No, no, no. It's
4: too
3: close. That is too easy. Uh, Ontario?
4: Sure. <laughs> yeah, of course. Ontario Airport? Yeah. SFO. I'm flying out of SFO. Okay. Actually, oh. I have to, to it's a
3: weird cool. flight. I have to fly from uh, Ontario to Long Beach. Uh-huh. Can you pick me up at Long Beach, then take me to LAX? Yes. Okay. It's just connecting, yeah. and then I take a car to
1: the other. Do you want me to bring you
0: lunch, too?
3: If you could, that'd be great. They are really easy to make. Oh, my
1: God. (laughs) We, uh, you you know, we're, like you said, have limited resources, and we're we're making these things because we're passionate about them and our name's on it, and we want it to be good. And we kind of assume that if people are in a similar place where they have a company or whatever, and they're, like, trying to make their name, and their name's going to be on the movie, that they would sort of have a similar feeling for it, but, uh, uh, some some people
0: people are just terrible. Some people are content to
1: (laughs) to just sort of say, "Eh, I'm done with this and and move on. We, we, and I'm sort of speaking generally, but there was a, a post-production, uh, house that ended up being a post-production apartment, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, production studio flat that we we made a deal with to uh, you know do things at, on a bargain in exchange for you know a certain type of credit and stuff and uh, and they were just they wanted us to lock picture before we'd even had a chance to like go yeah. through the whole thing we found and,
0: out that none of them had ever uh, scrubbed the footage which means they had never gone and looked at every take they just took the onset assemblage and like messed with that a little bit oh, yeah. yeah
1: they weren't letting us uh, work with the editor because they wanted the editor to do his pass first which ended up being like they were actually doing any work and so didn't want us to know that they were one doing
2: more post-production work. bachelor efficiency yes <laughs> that's probably what it was more like
0: yes so,
2: well i think so anyway so you just kind of you yeah know, you no one's i think i think it's important to remember that no one is ever going to care about your thing yes,
0: absolutely as much as you.
2: any more than a, a, as much or more than you care about absolutely. your thing right um you know especially if you're if you're if it's a hired gun they're just sort of you know i mean there is a certain amount of Of luck, I think that's involved with finding the right person who gets what you're doing. And so, if you were to do that differently, how how would you vet, um, you know, a a post production facility? Well, we
1: we we fired those people. Yeah,
0: which is, I think, a big lesson that we learned is that if someone, because I mean. You know, I've, I've always been an actor, so I've had people telling me what to do. You know, I've been a waitress, so I've been having to, people tell me what to and do. you're trying
1: to be likable. Right,
0: and you're trying to be nice and you, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. But maybe there's a reason why people in charge are assholes. And um, <laughs> and if someone's not doing a good job, you can't just wait for them to start doing a good job because yeah. they're not going to. And if they're being a jerk and they're unhappy in the situation, it's doing them a favor to fire them because then they don't have to be there anymore.
1: Right. So we learned we need to be assholes. Yeah. <laughs> well, not assholes, but probably
2: just...
0: If someone's not doing their job, that they, they should go. Yeah.
1: It's right.
2: business. If, if you give them a couple opportunities and they make it clear that yeah. they just don't give a shit or they have a totally different idea mm-hmm. than something that you have, then... Then you need to be okay with, yeah. with moving yeah. and on. And that's really
0: hard to, to do that. But it, it's something that I think you need to do if you're going to be in charge. So, But we, we put the
1: word out to friends that we knew and uh, just said, we're looking for this. And you know, we'd get recommendations and talk to people. And through that, we found most of our core sort of um, uh, team. crew team that we'll want to work with uh, on the next one. And we yeah. found a great uh, post-production house um, called The Product Factory it's in we burbank love. and uh they're, they're great wonderful people they do all the marvel um uh motion animated yeah. stuff oh great yeah yeah mm-hmm. the animated yeah. shows and they're just really great and uh and and they're really passionate about the project and so it's been great yeah uh so how did you
2: did did your friend emily bring the money to the table or did you have to go out and raise money if you were going to go out and raise
1: money what what would you do yeah. now
0: we would crowdfund
1: yeah crowdfunding um, Kickstarter or Indiegogo or, or something yeah. like that is what we do now but she brought um, uh, the money most of the money Yeah. and uh, you know after our post it's uh, called
0: Private Equity Funder right oh that's after very after our, our post production
1: issues we uh, we had to sort of raise some more money yeah. and we broke the, the major rule of filmmaking which is don't invest in your own film <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's some of our money tied up in selling as well yeah. Um, but uh, yeah next time around we probably do like <coughs> Kickstarter or something yeah which, you
2: used Kickstarter for the uh, Huck Finn Robotic Edition. We did. Which was
1: tremendously successful. <laughs> yes, more so than we ever anticipated. Yeah. We were just setting out to like make a funny video. And like, oh, well, you know, maybe... 200 yeah. people will give us 20 bucks. Well, because we were
0: going to do Sketchfest, so we were on a deadline to write some new material, which we'd been so busy making a movie that we hadn't done in years. Right,
1: <laughs> so uh, I saw that uh, about the controversy about a guy making uh, a version of Huck Finn where they're replacing the N-word with slave, and so I tweeted that I was doing a version of replacing with a robot. And then I immediately deleted the tweet because I thought, well, that's actually a yeah. funny idea and I don't want anyone to do And we it.
0: had just, uh, our friend Jocelyn Town had just done a really successful Kickstarter campaign for her movie, IMI, and we'd been involved with that. And so we'd just come off of that. And I said, you know, we could really do it.
1: Yeah. With self publishing technology yeah. and crowdfunding, we could actually like make a. F- and the idea was like go to lulu.com and just sort of make, you mm-hmm. know, a nice mm-hmm. software. So, so
2: you're right. So your original idea was to. Uh, as comedians, oh, well, if everyone's offended, you know, by the N-word in this classic work of fiction, which, right. you know, Mark Twain was not a fan of that word himself. Yeah, right. yeah. It, so it's not about, you know, it wasn't about being offensive to people. But, you know, you have to consider contextually when it was mm-hmm. written in the story he was trying to tell.
0: Right, And we go on this journey with Huck where he, in his society, what he's doing, you know, helping Jim escape, that's wrong. That's a bad thing to do. And he, because he loves Jim... Decides that I'm going to do a bad thing. I'm going to help him, and we go on that journey with him, and that's a really important journey. And you can't have that without it's also the, uh, kind the of culture. Mark Twain's
1: uh, personal journey because he grew up in a racist area and he was yeah. raised that way. And then uh, over the course of his life, he became a, you know a strong evolution.
0: And Jim is is based on a real man that he knew. Mm-hmm.
2: So, so you your your idea was. Okay, fine. Like, as comedians. Right. All right, fine. If, right. That, if that word, you know, but, but we essentially need to come up with a character that can be uh, treated as an object. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's literally make him an object. And right. the word and
0: robot is from the Czech word for slave or serf. Not so, necessarily
1: slave, but like servitude, yeah, like force, manual, manual labor is what "robota." The, the word. So
2: the etymology of the word yeah, actually perfect. makes makes yeah, sense.
1: And it's as been in, used in, in all sorts of popular culture as a stand-in for oppression. What is C-3PO you know, and as- 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 R2-D2
0: than Luke's slaves, yeah. really?
1: Master Luke. Well, he's a protocol droid.
0: Right. But they're sold
3: by (laughs) robot traders
1: to Uncle Owen, and he's Luke's property.
2: They're high class sounding slaves, is what they are robot slaves. As long as they don't have a bad motivator, I'll take (laughs) Uh them. (laughs) I had always, you know, I I tried to make a bit work in my act for a long time, and I could just never make it work. But it was all about that people, uh, that that humanity wants to uh, be, that we're sort of inherently racist. And so that's one of the things with robots it, like like becoming more into our culture that it, it gives people something to be racist at. Right. And it'd be like and then but then robots gain awareness and there's kids in the schoolyard like, uh your mom's a battery ape. And he's like, you have to recharge too. It's called sleeping. Ah. You know, it's like, it's just like the schoolyard fights between the racist kids and the robots. And so it's a funny, it's a, it's an interesting idea to, to do that, you know, with Huck Finn and a funny, and a funny idea, but even because we posted it on Nerdist and then people were like, people who are strong Twain supporters got grouchy in the sense of like, well, why do we have to replace it? on? like, but they're comedians. <laughs> like, it's a fucking joke. Like yeah. it's, it's funny. And, but what's great about the joke is that you it was really well done. Thank you. The uh, the Kickstarter campaign when you you were hoping to just raise like six thousand dollars, you right. raised over mm-hmm. thirty. Yeah. Right. Because you made a great video and. Um,
0: and our friend has a great blog that people read, and he told uh, them them you about. guys what? Who's buy that? Book?
3: Gold with the extra money? I would
0: have oh, bought gold. Extra. You can do
1: that, right? Yes. Well, the thing is, we oh, the, someone posted. uh <laughs> a, a like, What slaves. are you going to do with the extra twenty four thousand dollars? <laughs> That you raised as though like we all like the original plan was to make like two hundred books for yeah. like six thousand dollars, and uh, it's like, well, actually we don't have ex- extra
0: yeah, no, we uh, we blew all of it, but um nice
1: <laughs> on hats
0: on hats on hats. But uh, you know, we felt like we had an, an obligation to make he a really a nice robot. product since people gave us all that money. So it's like a hardback. It's the book is paper. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. we it didn't really... go
1: through Lulu. We, like, we formed our own publishing company yeah. and like we, we, we see again. You just did another thing. <laughs> yeah, you fucking formed your own publishing company. And we like went to like a real book manufacturer mm-hmm. and we created. You know, we tried to you know hardback and we, we redid all of the, uh, the every illustrations single illustration. That had anyone of color
2: in hardback is, is, a, is a racist term for a turtle, and I don't appreciate your <laughs> racism. Sorry. Uh, hey, you hear that hardback Shell beat the, with the hair in that race? <laughs> Fucking that hardbacks. hardback, Fucking hardback. <laughs> is my friend. <laughs> oh, I could talk about that. I have a couple hardback friends. Yeah. I, I have Shell a couple American. turtle friends. Sir, so I, can
4: <laughs> I am
1: a
2: hardback. <laughs> you are talking to a hardback. Um, but the book is beautiful. Like, it's beautifully bound. And then part of, part of what sold it is that rather than just being a jokey idea, there was real substance behind it, and there, the artwork was gorgeous. Yeah. Like the the art the art was very authentic mm-hmm. to the um, to the time of the piece, and you know where, where this robot was beautifully illustrated into right. these
3: these yeah. old well, we, times. We took
1: the original illustrations by E. W. Kimball from the original edition of the book, and Etta's mom is uh, trained as a biological illustrator, illustrator. Yeah, she did like textbooks and stuff, wow. and um, and uh, so she photoshopped out. Um, Jim and, and put in the robot. I don't think it was, it
0: was some sort of complicated thing she yeah, invented how understand. to do with taking him out and I don't know. She didn't really
1: know Photoshop either so she was like <laughs> teaching herself how to do Photoshop so it was a <laughs> sort of a trial and error yeah. process.
3: I wish she had just drawn a bad robot costume over Jim <laughs> so you can see part of his arm. Yes. <laughs> just a robot
1: mask. Uh, it was just yeah.
4: Rosie from the Jetsons. Yes. yes.
1: Well, we, there was lots of discussion when we were designing Jim of like you know, what, what direction like? we were gonna yeah. go. At one point, we were thinking like maybe like 1950s, totally anachronistic. So like and like he's really big and bulky and like he weighs down the raft and stuff. <laughs> uh, but we we decided on it, the classier way to go would be to mm-hmm. do it like a steampunk. Really try to integrate
4: it and make it look like technology of the time. Got a, a disposable assassin look to him too. He's real slender, big head. <laughs> yes. yeah.
2: It's not like an iron giant thing where all of a sudden he turns into a fucking
1: laser cannon.
0: <laughs> well, you know there are sequels to the book, so, yeah, so maybe that no one's that ever read.
1: Later, we actually had someone approaching us uh, some th- through the Kickstarter thing, saying, "Yeah, I'm a book agent. I heart this idea." And oh. he said, "I heart this idea." Yeah, and uh, and he Run! said, like, "You know, if you like uh, change the plot and stuff, like Pride and Prejudice and zombies, then like we could probably sell this and stuff." And it's like that's not the project. The idea is like. Yeah to satirize someone just changing a word or like minorly changing it, but trying to stay true to Twain's original vision. And uh, so unfortunately, you know, we... Well,
0: my favorite thing is kind of the people who don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think there's just a, a segment of the population who doesn't, and I don't know if it's an Aspergery thing or if it's just a, a literally thing, but that don't understand that sometimes what you say isn't what you mean. And they just really don't know that.
2: Well, that's you know you run up against that when you're yeah. I mean, I, I've had this conversation with with tons of people, like other uh, Twitters, I this, um like it was, it was Weird Al. I was talking to Weird Al about this very thing where he goes, you know, I am who I am, and people know what I'm about, and I'll say something that is clearly a joke, clearly a joke, <laughs> and there's still a percentage of people who be
1: like, how can you say that, man? You're like. Eh. You know what I'm about. What are you do- What are you talking about? But what's crazy is like you said, a lot of like Twain supporters got grumpy about
0: it, and yeah. it's like Twain was a satirist. Was a satirist.
1: The book has satire in it, and they're like, and they're getting, and they're not getting the joke. Yeah. And it's uh, it's just weird. I w- I was expecting more sort of like people misunderstanding it as sort of some sort of racist thing that we were doing, <laughs> but it was it was mostly just people who were like, how could you do this to this classic book? And you're like, hey, we're if you see what we're doing, we're on the same fucking side. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. We are satirizing the idea of changing a word, a classic piece of, of, of literary history, Right, and mm-hmm. you're angry. You know, the, the bottom line is, people hate change. They don't like <laughs> things to be fucked with. I right. would just like paper money as well. <laughs> only <Aww>. paper money. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know, again, time and time again, you guys keep figuring out ways to turn things that you care about into, into actual things. And so that that's, you're the perfect example of like what, I mean, you, you know, using your friend groups, using the internet, using social networks, um, the Kickstarter campaign of, of, of just figuring out, I mean, this book could have just been a tweet Mm -hmm. and an idea that you're like, ah, that'd be fun, but ah, I don't know how the fuck to go about that. But, But you you actually just figured it out. Did you have Did you write down a series of steps? Like, well, here's we're going to do this, or we're going to do this, or was it just sort of intuitively? Uh, I think
0: It's mostly foolishness and an ability to not have a social life or or do the dishes. I mean, right?
1: We have dish at home. Uh, if anyone wants to come over and, and help?
0: <laughs> like it's that okay we can do that you know I mean I, I've been doing a play for the last three months too and and it didn't even occur to me to to not do it you know so it's just like, oh, an opportunity okay okay so I'm just saying yes when we probably shouldn't but I like in the beginning was like
1: okay well Lulu makes it easy you you make your pdf and you upload it and stuff like that and then when we had to do it on, we decided to do it on our own to sort of you know increase the the, the quality of the book it was just steps of trying to figure it out. You know, yeah. like okay, well, what do we got to do next? And it's uh, what do you got to do now? And then oh, shipping's this much, and uh, we didn't charge enough for international shipping. <laughs> by the way, if anyone's planning <laughs> on making a book, charge more than five dollars. Yes, because uh, it costs yeah. fourteen
0: ninety five. Fourteen ninety
1: five because you have to priority ship it. Yeah, uh, you can't send it first. Or if well, you can send it first class. If it's light it, enough, it's cheaper to send it first class to Canada. I don't know if this is interesting to anyone, but if you're sending it <laughs> anywhere else, you'll have to send it priority, and it'll be fourteen bucks. <laughs>
0: 14 95
1: Jerks. Yeah. So and by the way, the post office oh, they're terrible. does not make it easy to give them we money. We tried to
0: give them so much money, and they made it so hard.
1: The, their padded priority envelopes are only... This is something that if you're <laughs> if you're planning on trying to get a book out before Christmas, <laughs> order your padded envelopes from the post office because they don't carry them in the post office at all. You have to order them, and it takes like two I'm weeks bored. to get I'm bored. I'm bored, Gabe. Uh, this it, is something I'm passionate about. No, I'm interested in this. Because I drove to like
0: seven post offices and asked for, "Hey, do you have the nine and a half by twelve and a half padded priority envelope for international?" and and those don't exist. You're crazy.
1: Was what I got. And you can order only order fifteen at a time unless you like call <laughs> the customer service line and wade, th- wade through until you find someone who can actually help you, so you can order. more. They're
0: worse than AT and T.
1: Really? Yeah.
2: What was your, so, because we talked about the experience of you, like, going to the post office and then just, like, <laughs> being like, what do you?
1: Well, I went, like, a week uh, or two ahead of time and said, we have we get seven, an appointment? 700 books. Can we, like, make an appointment or can we, we want to send a media mail, can we, like, get a media mail stamp, like, printed out, 700 of them that we can just stamp on at home and bring them in? Like, no, you got to bring them in and stand in line. So we were the worst oh.
0: people in the world coming into the post office right before Christmas with... Thousands of things. Oh my god! And this is
2: just something you never thought of <laughs> no. when you when you decided to make the book. Like, oh yeah, at some point we're gonna have to actually mail these out yeah. to people, yeah.
1: right? But we thought uh, PayPal's got like a this data merge thing where you have like you have your addresses that you need to send to. You can do a data merge of all seven hundred of them, and then you can print out all the postage at home and stick Prepaid, them on. Prepaid, easy, easy. So we start doing it, and like it's not it's not working. It, it, there's like some error or whatever. We call the customer service line, and they're like. Oh yeah, that service doesn't exist anymore. But we haven't <laughs> taken it off the website in case we uh, decide to offer that service again. Nowhere
0: does it point. say in case yeah. we decide to offer the service right. again.
1: <laughs> right. So, uh, so be forewarned about. It. So we were planning on that, and so we were. Yeah. Comp- you know, it's been a,
2: a a steep learning curve. So you, so every, so you had to stamp. And stuff 700 envelopes. Yes. Which is a luxury problem. You
1: sold 700 it is, absolutely. books. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so so we got all the envelopes ready and we got all the books ready and then we we waited in line with like a box of books each. Oh, and we then were- we got to, to the person started doing them. Then she'd go out to the car or I'd go out to the car and start bringing in all these other boxes. And you could just books. feel
0: the stares from the back of the line of the hatred. Everyone. And well-founded Well-founded hate. hatred. <laughs>
1: you know, I'm not arguing that, but there was no <laughs> other way for us to do it. Wow. Sorry, sorry. So we just everyone. like to
0: apologize to everyone who tried to mail a letter. Yeah,
1: <laughs> at the Nat King Cole post office.
2: <laughs> don't <laughs> on third.
3: They're gonna, Your, your picture is
2: gonna be up on like next to the most wanted people. Like, do not let this person. <laughs> yes. th- these people in but, here. Uh,
1: sup- I don't want to say surprisingly, but as unhelpful as uh, the post office in general was, the actual um, people, talons, people yeah, they there were, were actually really sweet and helpful, and and uh, were really great about it. So. I'll say that
0: for the post office. You can cut all of this out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all staying in. <laughs> it's our bread and butter, post office talk.
2: There you go. You're gonna go shoot B-roll. Matt's got to go, yeah. gotta go oh, produce right. Attack Good of the team, Show uh, gadget prawn segment.
3: Bye. What yeah, are you reviewing today? Twenty-seven-inch mm-hmm.
2: iMac. Right. you're it's reviewing an iMac five. on.
3: Five. Really? Yeah, wow. you get a MacBook Pro.
2: Don't worry.
4: What? Oh, nice. Very exciting.
0: Gemini, you get your own mic now. How does that feel?
4: It feels a lot better. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot better. <laughs>
0: Thank were you guys sharing gone. a chair too? No, I was
4: down. sitting over here.
0: Okay.
4: It was very much lower than everybody else. I didn't like that feeling.
1: It's easier to make eye contact with you this way.
4: Yeah, I think but so. You,
1: it, was, I, it was sort of dividing up the eye contact. And I've I
2: discovered a, a real connection between Gabe and Jonah ever since Matt left. I
0: know. Yeah.
2: It's really. Well, he was in the it's way. Sweet. It's hard for him not to be. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's really it's nice to see you guys. Uh,
0: Notice we're what all talking a lot after? more intimately now. Morgan, You getting a burrito?
1: Thinking about it, yeah.
2: <laughs> I always loved your guys's um, comedy, which is why I put you on the stand-up special because it was it was very unique and unlike anything that I'd ever seen before. Where you kind of do these two person almost radio plays, mm-hmm. right? Um, so what was the what was the genesis of, of that idea versus doing
3: Genesis? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Star
2: Trek.
1: 3? Yes, we know. No, okay. Um, <laughs> we we the guy know with the
0: big ears. Yeah, I know.
1: Okay. Uh, The genesis of it was that uh, I was working in Totally False People Mm -hmm. Which was a great sketch comedy group Um, but But Gabe's crotchety I'm a little crotchety. Uh, I'm a bit of an old man, and uh, it was very much inspired by uh, sort of modern sketch comedy, where it sort of lights up, uh, wacky costumes, crazy characters, and pussy wigs, uh, pussy wigs, and Mer-
0: merkins. Sorry, merkins. Merkin. Yeah, and
1: pussy then, wigs, you know, Merkin. Blow line, lights out, and and that's fine. Uh, but I found myself being used as kind of um, uh, sort of a, a sight gag a lot. If there's someone who needs to take off their clothes. <laughs> Or uh, to get like fake blood all over them, I w- it usually ended up being me, which I was happy to do. But <laughs> I just got kind of tired of uh, you know going to the sink after in, in, a, in a
4: comedy club bathroom and trying to clean up after a show. What was the bit <laughs> you did that I saw you on on a uh, theme park that one time? I remember I really loved it.
1: Oh, that was homeless boss.
4: Yes, yeah, and yeah. That was
1: like what, that was the first sketch that I wrote, and it's it's a little hacky in terms of structure, but I still love it. It's a, it's basically you have. Some Someone's starting a day of work and is like, I just want to tell you something about my boss. <laughs> he was homeless for 15 years and then turned his life around and now he's this, you know, uh, multi-millionaire. And then I, I come in as the, you know, the very high high status. Hey, how are you? Blah, 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 blah. blah and like, do you have 50 cents? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I remember I, I remember I dug it, but uh, I remember like to your point where you're saying about how you're a crushy old man uh, and how you resent things. I was like backstage, <laughs> I was like, I was like, "Wow, great performance!" And that was a really funny. That was a really funny uh, sketch. And you're like, oh, this is the first thing I wrote." I'm so tired of it. <laughs> uh, I don't want to do that anymore. I was like, "Well, it was good."
2: It's See hard though. It's hard though, because it, it, you get in your own head about about stuff, and you forget. Oh, other people don't have the same perspective on this right. material yeah. that I have. Right. You know, so that's easy. It's easy to forget that sometimes. But I also you know um just well and you guys are also responsible for my complete um re uh my complete re uh, emergence into the uh, uh, into the Doctor Who world yes um because when the series rebooted in 2005 you were right on top of it and you were like we're going to this Doctor Who convention the show has rebooted with Christopher Eccleston and it's and it and i guess in my head i mean i had old doctor who and i was like Really is it you know is it is it good is it still like rubber masks or is it cuz I you know I watched oh, Doctor Who as a, as a little kid it made you I sleepy. didn't I did not see the yes. Paul McGann I didn't see the Paul McGann uh Doctor we Who. Don't, we don't count that. Right. <laughs> they counted the Doctor Who experience, like they. No, it, it
1: counts. He's canon. He he is he is he is a Who. He's Wait, a he's I mean, he an official get, I'm doctor. i don't allowed to I,
0: have my feelings. But I, I, I like
1: it. I enjoy it. It's you know it was the first Who in like
0: ten years. I think yeah. when it came out. And
2: so, so you you t- you know you you got me back on board. So I owe you a lot for that.
0: We harassed you a lot about it. Chris, yeah, come to the convention. Chris, come to the. Convention. I mean, even
1: before the new one came out, we were we've been going to conventions for like ten years. because yeah. we're huge nerds, and uh, and we were like we would like loan you copies of Tom Baker episodes <laughs> and like, yeah, we tried to watch it and uh, we got <laughs> sleepy. Yeah, the hilarious. original <laughs> like like a, cou- a
2: couple of the listen, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan, but I will say, and I think most people who are Doctor Who fans will appreciate this. Some of the older episodes are a little slow yes. and and a little hard to watch, and you know I think the affection that we feel for them is like especially if you saw them as a kid, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. they really kind of burrow into you and like oh it's so you know but right. as it takes a,
1: like six episodes to tell a story that would take like forty five minutes to tell now right. And like, right we have to go to the space station and then they show them walking to the, to the <laughs> space yeah. station and you know so it's
4: like a it's like a stage play mm-hmm.
1: you know it's just they, all were there like, they were shot like they were shot like
4: teleplays
1: yeah basically yeah, right. it was extremely low budget it was all about the ideas and you know uh, it's like twilight zone they had a limited budget and it was like you know it's hard sci-fi where they're just uh you know a couple people in a room talking about the space alien with the bubble but also oh, right. you know if you sort
2: of if you look at the evolution of television the only model that early television had to go on was theater right. and so a lot of television was just like they just put cameras and and
1: and on a theater. Yeah. Right.
4: Yeah.
1: I didn't understand budgets when I was a kid, so I'm like, the night the Star Trek show was in the 1960s, at the same time they had better special effects. Doctor <laughs> Who is like, it's the 80s now. Why can't they have? <laughs> so I you didn't
3: understand. You didn't budgets. understand
2: the timeline. Yeah. Well, the of BBC the show. does
0: that crazy thing too, whereas if a show does well, they give them less money the next yeah. season. <laughs>
2: Yeah, It just
1: it doesn't yeah. make any sense no. to me.
2: But uh, so you were—you were, you were res- don't need it. You were That's responsible for yeah. for that. Uh, you were responsible for that in my life. But then I
1: also, you know, besides, we're very happy for you that you got to hang out with David Tennant. We're not <laughs> oh, he's so great. I mean, way. really,
2: he was great. I've met three doctors now. Nice. That's,
1: that's fantastic, Peter
2: Davison.
0: I sat on Peter Davison's lap one <gasps> for a picture. It was, wasn't a big deal.
4: I hope so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was for a picture after we had sex. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Davison to likes to keep a, a record of you know everyone Absolutely. that doctors been in, but uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but also not just your presentation style, but you know your like a lot of your stuff. Like you you know you do a great Batman sketch. Uh, and you do uh <laughs> great stuff with 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 witches it's just sort of like the um you know it's, it's sort of taking all these kind of nerdy things that we love and doing a very british thing which is kind of making it about their um their bureaucracy or their process oh, or right. their you know like
0: w- someone said once that most storytelling is uh normal people in extraordinary situations and our act is extraordinary people in normal situations
1: yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah and uh it's interesting that you say sort of a British sensibility. I hadn't realized that until you said it, but yeah, I yeah, I totally see. Well,
2: that's just sort of the Terry Gilliam idea of like, Oh, here's God, but then here's all of the people and the secretaries and <laughs> right. the and the switchboards in place yeah. that run the infrastructure that that holds heaven in place. It's like it's that kind of right. you know,
1: well, when we were first sort of uh, sort of getting together to, to work on it, we'd been dating for about five years at that point, and um, and I was in totally false people, and she was doing these other projects, and she's amazing, one of the fun- most funny people I know, and and we we just decided, you know, I think our careers are more important than any. our, relationship, that, our so. that this yeah. will do to our relationship, <laughs> So uh, maybe we should start working together. And I had recently discovered uh, Nichols and May, uh, which I hadn't, I didn't mm-hmm. didn't know yeah. them as a kid, but my my biggest. Uh, Uh, comedy, uh, uh, you know, influences in sort of my teen years with, like, Cosby and and Newhart and sort of that 50s, 60s sort of intellectual, uh, smart, uh, funny, um, clean humor, and so we sort of set out to do something like that in sort of the vein of Nichols and May and Newhart and and Cosby, and uh, and that was, and it was really, we wanted to try to make a a sketch stand-up hybrid where we could just go up uh, and have two microphones and like, you know, mime stuff, not have props yeah. and just be in our regular. It's so liberating um, not know. to
0: have to bring a car full of crap yeah. to a gig.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Even just being in a musical duo and just having to, you know, bring a guitar and make sure that there were there was, you know, oh we
3: your need
1: to, we and need and a DI
2: your, box and we need yeah. this and that. And, and then, then they always fuck it up and yeah. wherever you go, because right. they're not used to that. And stuff. There's a
1: stand up in the show. He just shows up. Yeah. Goes on stage, does his thing, and it's like, I wanna do that. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you know, touring stand-ups are great. I mean, you know, you imagine a band playing the same size venue has to divide everything between their uh, all of the stage hands and all the people in the band and all of the equipment and yeah. it, and it you know, this is a stand-up are like,
1: yeah, hey, here I am.
2: <laughs> yeah. Sound
1: check. All loaded in. What do you yeah. need a sound
2: check for? <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I'm done. Done. What's the deal with? What is the deal with? Okay, we're good.
4: <laughs> I got it. You got to be kidding. Kidding me. Kidding. 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 I'm getting kidding. some. Bring it up on the Ds. Yeah, yeah, Bring it up on Ds and a little kidding. feedback.
2: Kidding. Kidding. All right, we're good. Balls. Balls. <laughs> balls. Balls. <laughs> vaginas. Balls. What
1: else
0: is I going saw that on?
2: Actually. <laughs> that was mine, unfortunately. <laughs> what
1: else is going on?
3: <laughs>
2: What's happening in the world? Um, but when you're... So when you're making the movie and you're going through that, did... Uh, what was what else did you learn throughout that process for people that are listening that want to make a movie or make a thing?
1: Have a good line producer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, have
0: a plan for festivals. Read Chris Gore's book. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, Chris it's Gore's great. festival well, a book couple is books great. That we wish that we'd
1: read ahead of time. Chris Gore's book uh, about festivals and budgeting for festivals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got into a
1: festival. How did we get there? <laughs> because <laughs> uh, we spent all the money on the movie Yeah. Uh, so that and um, there's uh, thinking outside the box office um, like trying to like the plan of hey we're going to make a movie and do the festival circuit and then someone's going to pick it up I mean that's yeah like that just really doesn't happen 1990s, anymore Even uh, even
0: for movies that go and do great at process. Sundance that hardly ever happens anymore
1: so you have to think in terms of what's what's the end game? What's your goal? If you just want to make a movie, fine, just do that. But if you want to make your investors' money back, then you have to you know start thinking about distributing it yourself. Um, having a plan for distribution if no one picks it up, doing some kind of hybrid distribution.
0: And there's so many new things that are happening now. There's this cool uh, company called Distribur that you can uh, skip a lot of the aggregators to get onto venues like Amazon and iTunes. And instead of taking 20, yes, sales agent, instead of a sales agent getting 25%, they just take a flat rate. And so... What's that? What's that place? It's called Distribber.
2: How is that? Distribber.com.
1: Yeah. And it's like a, it's a flat rate to, uh, to convert it to the, the, the platforms that they need. Is that D-I-S, Distribber? Yeah.
0: D-I-S-T-R-I-B-B-E-R. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, We actually haven't used it because we ended up going with uh, a sales agent, but... um, but we're thi- we're looking that way towards the future because we think that like movies and stuff are heading in the direction that at least for at at the, the, the level, black, we're, the at, level yeah. we're at, are going, like the music industry where like bands are marketing directly to their fans. Yeah. So if you can make something at a at a low enough cost, and you know, like Kevin Smith is, you know, he's a big name, so he can uh, market to his fans. But uh, you know, cutting out the aggregators and going yeah. directly to your fans and stuff. The
0: distribution and, is just changing wildly out from under us, and
1: yeah, day to day, it's changing and, and different.
0: And uh, what else? Um, there's that book, Producer to Producer, that's really good about um, mm-hmm. a lot of budgeting and, and things like that. I think a line producer is probably the most important person to get on your team who's good. That's uh, on your side. Yes. Because
4: yeah. there's a lot of times <laughs> that you'll have a line producer that you go, we need to do this. That's ah, just no. not possible. Exactly. What about ideas about how to make it possible? <laughs> no. Like you got to have a guy that's going to work with you and think of ideas on his own.
1: We interviewed a couple of people who got really angry with us. <laughs> For no reason, and we're like sending like
4: when we said like thank you
1: for your time. they are like you're making a huge mistake by not going with me. Uh, <laughs>
4: that's like a that's like a it's a mentality they all seem to have, like a lot of them. It's a it, it's very important. We, like yeah, you guys are right. You cannot stress enough that you need a good line producer yeah. Yeah. who is like you know there with as much passion about it as you are because you need, they're, they're going to figure out.
1: You need you need pictures. <laughs> For your poster, because just because...
0: <laughs> <laughs> just because you're shooting on the red doesn't mean that there's enough resolution for a movie poster. Really? There's no, there's,
1: yeah.
0: That's there's so shame. many things that we didn't even know existed. Like an online edit, what's that? It, it's how much? Right, if
1: you're shooting on the red like we were, then you have to uh, edit in uh, proxy and, files yeah. and uh, quick And then times, reconvert And then reconvert back. it to the, the high-res things because there's not a computer big enough to, you know...
0: And we sound like we know what we're talking but, about, but we really don't.
2: Yeah. Well, you know more than most people. I mean, like you actually—you've been through it, and you actually yeah. got a thing made. And is, is is the selling coming out next year?
1: Yeah, uh, we have DVD VOD distribution, and they want to do it August September, so they can sort of be promoting push it for Halloween. Push for Halloween. Which, like, oh, we're, like, Another heading year. into year seven on, on this project, <laughs> and then we have to wait until it comes out. and uh, But that's fine. And then it'll be on, um, I don't know if we can announce the, the cable channel it'll be on, but it'll be on a, a cable channel after that as well. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
0: So, uh, I would say the biggest piece of advice is to just do as much research as you can. Read as many books as you can beforehand. and. Have,
1: start with a good script. We, we've worked with so many people who are great people who just wanted to make a movie. And so, kind of, you know, if they just worked on the script a little bit longer, then it
0: would have been good. It could
1: have been um, something that might have sold and made some
4: of their money back. And never discredit uh, the amount of good that audio and lighting can do.
1: Yeah. Yes. A lot
4: of people think <laughs> they got a nice camera and they can kind of skimp on other things, but those are two. Even if you're making a web video that you Uh want to look good, audio and lighting, very, very important.
1: Well, we reshot our uh, original Kickstarter uh, Kickstarter video because it looked terrible, the first one. We we, we, we were like, we shot it in um, our editor's house. Uh, while his uh, kids were sleeping, Chad. <laughs> and yeah, Chad. Chad yeah. Misur. Chad Meserve, who designed Robot Gym as well. Oh my what God! Uh, what, what's Chad's website? With Day the DayoftheRobot.com.
2: DayoftheRobot.com. they so amazing. They, these little robot figurines are so fucking awesome, and he made a little Nerdist one who's uh, he's he's eating a burrito <laughs> and he has a Nerdist logo on his chest. Boy. He was like, "Here, I made this for you." I'm Like Jesus Christ! These little these figurines are so awesome. They're gorgeous.
1: They're so cool. They're gorgeous.
0: He's got uh. like a a nativity scene and like a little Da Vinci flying guy. He
1: had a, uh, a robot with antlers and a jetpack pulling a sleigh with a robot Santa. <laughs> oh, that's and awesome. It, and it's, I they're mean, so they're, they're just great. Go to his website and check yeah. it out. Uh, but anyway, so what we were talking about, oh, so we, we shot it at his house and we were editing it together. And Ed says, this looks terrible. We can't use this. I was so, a bad
0: person. I walk in after they've been working all day. I'm like, guys, not
4: going to work <laughs> <laughs> we had sort of stockholm's
0: like yeah well, you
4: know, we can make this work no. yeah you together. always want to you always yeah. want to. it's like no 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 no. keep pushing forward no going back well that's right.
2: a really good lesson too is is knowing when to like let something go and, and start over yeah.
4: well because right. this the whole editing process uh is about saving everything that went wrong yes. you know it's, it's like really that's is. the whole thing yeah. is just like oh didn't we get didn't that get footage. that coverage yeah. we're gonna we're gonna make it work that's the whole fucking process that's- oh there's always
2: something when you're shooting there's always something that you're not going to have yeah, yeah. yeah
4: overshoot
1: overshoot yeah, get, get coverage get coverage. well i didn't realize one of the things that we, we that we were going to be um sacrificed was going to be coverage and we were doing like a lot of two shots and stuff and you know it's a comedy and you you if you don't have that uh the pacing and yeah. the, the timing down in that two shot then
4: there's
1: not a lot and we you were can do. we were
0: lucky if we got three takes for something on oh. the selling too so
1: I would. Uh, do, I would do. Less did you guys do a lot of rehearsing?
4: Shots. Did you guys do a lot of rehearsing beforehand? Not as much as we, wanted,
1: as much to. As we wanted to. Yeah. Like I wanted to be completely off book yeah. uh, beforehand because I'm. Uh, I wrote myself into ninety percent of the script because <laughs> I uh, am a huge um, a hole, apparently. Uh, but uh, but like all the producing duties, like I. Like the last two weeks before the the last shoot, thing we were
0: thinking about was our acting. Oh, that's the you know, it was the, like that's the so worst. I was like literally
1: yeah. cramming lines before going and shooting like a big, and it's like a scene that was like a big speech that had been written to be like, you know, it's in this room and then this room, and it's like you know, cutting. It's like yeah, we're gonna do all this in one take. Go. Uh. Like okay, <laughs> great. So there are uh, you know. Moments in the movie that... Do you recommend
2: can't. trying to balance the the performer, producer <laughs> uh, roles and, and writer?
0: There's nothing quite like having control, yeah. but it it's really hard. I like having no one to blame
1: but myself. Yeah, me too. Um, but it is really hard. It's yeah. it's really and I I think that my performance suffered in the movie. I know uh, mine did. Yeah. At least in in my eyes, well,
2: you're trying to get of, through a scene and they're like cut. Uh, Gabe, the next actor isn't here yet. Can you call right. him? Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Let me just step
2: out yeah, for a second. Exactly. Well, right. Gary
4: Shanley talked about that in one of his interviews about the Larry Sanders Show, where he says it's just uh, it was the hardest thing out of everything it was separating after being done, like getting everything ready and writing the shows and producing it, like just completely not thinking about that so he could mm-hmm. work on the performance right. he said that was the hardest part was separating right. the writer's mind especially being in a scene when you're scene acting and you know everything about right. everything instead of just being an actor yeah right. you know it just it, it's really and then especially if like you fuck up while you're performing your own thing and then you just there's all these people there because of you and right. your thing and you're the one messing it up right. it feels really weird Prep is really important and can help with, with producing and
1: stuff. Uh, because like, I had all the time in the world to write the script. And then we had all the time in the world to do the post-production. But we had 14 days <laughs> to shoot it. Yeah. So uh, if I could go back and, and redo it, I really would have focused more on pre-production and trying to get everything uh, in line so that things would have gone a bit smoother. If
0: I could go back and redo it, I, I wouldn't have done craft services myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was, yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. worth investing a little extra money in yeah. someone yeah. to just do yeah. just yeah.
2: do the
3: craft service.
2: Yeah. But I mean, I guess if you're working with, I mean, you know, there is a romantic idea that we, as young maverick artists, get in our heads. We're like, I'm
1: gonna do it all, I'm gonna do everything. Well, you kind of have to when you don't have a budget and like yeah. you can't if you can't afford someone to do a good job and you're not. You, well, if I'm not gonna pay anyone, I might as well not pay me to do it and, mm-hmm. and I'll at least care about it. And you know, um, can you barter stuff
2: with people like like you know with Kickstarter? You're you know you're offering premiums. What were what were the premiums that you offered for your Kickstarter campaign?
1: One dollar was a digital copy of the book. Five dollars was a digital copy and an invite to the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifteen was uh, illustration and uh, like a nice print illustration. And mm-hmm. uh, twenty-five was um, the book the and book. the illustration. Book and illustration, and everyone at, at, past that level gets the book, illustration, illustration yeah. and that stuff. And then you can get like a robot figurine. You get a robot necklace. Mm-hmm. More copies of the book. Um, you can get your name in the back in the of book, the book and yeah. the acknowledgments. Um, people could actually, we could have changed someone's a character's name to their name, but no one. I don't no think one anyone
0: that. got that one yet. <laughs> um, and uh,
1: anything I else? think
0: that's a really important thing if you're doing a Kickstarter campaign is to have um, different levels and to to not start too high. You don't want your first level to be $25. You want people right. who, low yeah, low levels. You get a lot
1: of $1 people. Yeah. And 25, 25 is a premium number, so make sure you have something good at the $25 yeah. level. Yeah. And you have to make sure that your um, that your video is is good because mm-hmm. a, I mean when she told us we had to reshoot what what, did, what was your rationale what did you say
0: uh, that that on Kickstarter like when I watch a Kickstarter video I if I want to be a part of their world then I'm gonna donate and you know you want to hang out with those people and be cool. You know, think those people are cool. And that first video we shot, I didn't want to be anywhere near those people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we actually, you know, we were trying to do it cheap, you know, because we didn't yeah. have a, a budget. We hadn't, you know, made the money yet on Kickstarter. So we invested some money. We got our cinematographer from the movie mm-hmm. and used his uh, camera. And we got a makeup artist so that we didn't look like we were dead. <laughs> and uh, and then we rented the, the bookstore and, yeah. um, and, and shot in the bookstore. Yeah. And it, it really just, I mean, it was the exact same script. The same
0: best jokes. $300 we ever spent
2: so yeah. So there are ways there are ways to find stuff like uh, bartering favors with people yeah, um, yeah. totally like I think you,
4: the uh, one of the best training grounds for anyone who wants to get involved in filmmaking would be uh, to get involved in you know Channel 101 either in Los Angeles or New York yeah, just because great. this is a whole community of people doing amazing work for nothing like these people are paying money to do this stuff like right. it's like they're like spending their own money and everyone's excited to work with each other And you could find, like, who's that guy that likes doing audio? Oh, Adam. Let's call Adam because he'll do it, you know, and he'll do a good job because he's excited about audio. Instead of, like, asking your friend, he's like, hey, can you hold the boom, you know? right?
0: Yeah, filmmaking isn't a solo art, and finding your team, I think, is the most important thing.
2: Well, I think that's where social networking has become very, very powerful, is being able to find people to, (coughs) you know, to help you create this thing, or or they, they... with most things, someone is gonna know someone who knows someone, and it's it's not impossible it's not insurmountable. Um, but you just, but like you guys did, you literally just have to start the process.
1: Right. And we've also changed our outlook, uh, in terms of sort of our goals. Like originally when we, when we made, uh, our comedy act, it was like, okay, well we'll make a comedy act and then, you know, maybe a manager will see us and then they'll start getting us out on auditions and then, you know, that can lead to, you know, getting a job and then maybe producing our own stuff. And, and now it's like, you know, it's not about like I mean, it would be great if someone saw our stuff right. and wanted to, you know, give us jobs. But uh, thinking entrepreneurially, and like you've done with Nerdist, and, you know, trying to build an audience and, like, do your own thing and, you know, uh, build your own things as opposed to just waiting around for someone to to make something happen.
4: Yeah, when you're, you know, when you're, like, say you're starting a band, you know, you're not looking, you're not, let's start this band, let's, like, do some stuff, and maybe we'll all get jobs in other bands. You know, <laughs> right. no one no one does <laughs> right. that. Right. It's like you, you make your band to be... Like your life and your job and like, you know, and to have fun making your own thing. You know, that's the way people should consider like getting into, you know, any kind of artistic. Well, I think it's
2: it's really important to know what it is that you want to say, which most people don't even they can't answer that question. Right. They know Well, I want to make a thing. Well, what are you trying to say? Oh, I don't know. I just want to make a thing. Well, know what you want to say and then know who your audience is. Know who you're talking to. Um, Like when I it's even not not even just from a creative standpoint, but also if you're trying to raise money, these are questions that like even when I when I sold the book, when I when I wrote my book in the book pitch, I had to write down very detailed information about. You know, here's who I am. Here's what I'm about. This is the audience that I am trying to reach. This is the right. these are the people I want to talk to. Here's a little bit about what they're about. Here's how I think I am able to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really have to walk them through everything. But in the process, it gives you a little more clarity about the thing that you're making, which is, you know, which I think is it's just a little bit better to have direction rather than eh, I'm just gonna I'll just make a thing about apples. Right. Like, all right, well, you can do that, and you might get lucky that someone might pick it up. Sure, that is certainly a way to right. do it, but it just stacks the deck a little bit more in your favor if you know what it is you want to say about apples, why you want to say something about apples, who you think you're the apples demographic is.
1: I'm loving this metaphor, by the way. <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> I'm speaking about red delicious. I'm speaking about Gala apples. Noticed.
0: Sponsored by the Apple well, board. Totally.
2: Reminding you, apples.
4: Really about
0: apples. <laughs> um, I think eat- you should call the Apple board and see if you can get... At least some apples or something. Is there an apple board? There's got to be an apple board. There should be an
4: apple board. Apple board. Who's your friend?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not Apple computers. That would be Tim Cook No.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Just apples. But I mean, just knowing, just like knowing those things, will help you a lot. Just Absolutely. sort of focus oh, yeah, your yeah, yeah, yeah. focus your efforts. It's
1: basically having a business plan. Is what you just described. Which is hard because, you
2: know, most people who do what we do are very artistically minded. And they're like, well, I didn't go to school to learn how to write business but plans. I didn't go to, school, to for, like yeah. in,
1: in school. But it's important. Like going to theater classes and studying theater, like there was no like this is the business of acting class. There was no like this is how you get headshots and this is how you. None you know, of that. There was no, it was all about craft, which is great. But that doesn't help you when you get out into the real world. And I think that's applicable for all art. But so if
3: you're listening, school's a waste of time. Thank you. <laughs> Matt Myra yeah. just rejoined us.
1: Yay. <laughs> yeah.
2: In case you were wondering.
1: So I mean, if you want to do art just for art's sake, and you, you know you that's fine. But like, if you want to, you're trying to if do you that want it to sustain itself, commerce, then you have to think in in business terms, and you have to educate yourself. And that's something that I that I wish I had known when I had actually gone to school.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, there, there's got to be some sort of a writing a business plan for dummies thing, and you don't have to. You know, you read a book like that, you don't have to do everything it says. You can take mm-hmm. Elements that make sense for you, but at least understand what it is that you're trying to do before you just try to um, you know, before you
1: just like
0: say make a book. (laughs)
1: Like make a (laughs) book. It's it's
0: so much easier now with with sites like like Quora. You know Quora? Yeah. Um, you know, you can go on and ask a question and really smart people who are actually in those interest industries might answer it and might give you recommendations of things to go research additionally. So I mean, just with the internet and social networking. You know, it's just become so much easier to actually get that information as opposed to walking into a bookstore by yourself and, you know, browsing the whatever section you're interested in, you know, it, of books like of how to do things. So it's gotten a lot easier, I think. Yeah,
2: I mean, with 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 purely artistic endeavors, you can just start them. Like if you want to do stand-up, you just start doing stand-up. Sure. If you want to write, you can sit down and just start writing. You know, if you want to take it to the next level, like you said, and, and sort of enter the world of of commerce with it and make it the thing that you get paid for. Um, then that's when you kind of have to start figuring out, all right, you know, what are the processes that, that are, that I need to go through to create this thing? Um, how would I produce this? How would I get someone else to produce this? I mean, you know, these are, these are just important questions that you're going to want to ask yeah. yourself because right. you really kind of need a little bit of both of those things.
1: And having personal, uh, recommendations, it's, I can't, uh, stress that highly enough, like yeah. trying to, to wade through like the, the sales agent
0: thing Ugh, for, for movies. That is a nightmare.
1: So many, uh, basically shysters out there. And, uh, we took so many meetings with sleazy people and like, well, maybe. And, yeah. uh, you know, I finally found someone that I knew who had a recommendation and I uh, got us a great, uh, you know, producers rep, but it's just hard to know who to go with. Yeah. And, um, So that's something that's, I don't know, other than (laughs) trial and error, Mm -hmm. uh, how to tell people to figure that out. Uh, Are you afraid
2: to... I mean, I guess when you're you're going out and making something, you just don't let yourself get weighed down by the fear of failure. Because you know that, well, we're going to try some stuff. Some of it's going to work. Some of it's not going to work. But ultimately, we're in this for the long haul. And as long as we can take a lesson and learn something from each one of those steps... Then ultimately, it's all worth it,
1: right? And there's, uh, I mean, there's that thing of where we just couldn't be happy doing anything else. So, yeah. uh, and one could argue we're already failures <laughs> since we uh, <laughs> aren't making the living at it yet. So we have nothing to lose. Right? Um, I would, I would say that's not true, though. I
2: think, I think you can only fail if you don't, if you just. Give up yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah. I, I was speaking monetarily as a joke, but uh, yeah. I mean, we're really proud of the stuff that we've done, mm-hmm. and I, I feel it's successful in that way. And you just, you know, you just gotta go. Last for night it. we,
0: we had regret. we had our launch party. And amazing to, launch party at, so at, cool. at Nerd Melt. Yay!
1: Oh my god, can we
2: just talk for a second about, about the the, du- the Dust Bowl Cavaliers?
0: Yes, they're amazing.
2: So good. They were playing Yoshimi. Uh, they were co- they covered Flaming Lips. They covered uh, they covered a bunch of great bands. It's like an eight-piece bluegrass band yeah. that was amazing. Yes. So good.
0: What their Twitter is DB Cavaliers, right? DB Cavaliers. Yeah, yeah. could
2: have but, been seven pieces, you
0: guys.
2: <laughs> might have been seven pieces, but uh, but it was really great. And Chad was there mm-hmm. selling robot figurines, and you guys were there mm-hmm. with, with books, and there was there were drinks and a food truck, and yeah, it was really it, a
3: whiskey. And, and a bunch and, of people showed up. You guys, yeah. you guys had a really
1: yeah. nice event. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Well, we, we got to meet some of our backers. But that's what's really so cool exciting. People.
2: That's what's so exciting is yeah. like it's not you know I think you know when when you're trying to build a community to support the thing. You have to remember that it's not just about you taking money from them or taking mm-hmm. the, that you really are building a community. Yeah. And it's, it's like, you know, these people get on board, like you said, cause they want to hang out yeah. with you. And most of the time they're people that you go, holy shit, I would totally hang out with this Absolutely. person. Absolutely,
0: Everyone, all of our backers we met last night were really cool people who I want to know more about. And, if, if someone mentions it on Twitter, sometimes if I have time, I'll stalk them a little bit and read their tweets and stuff. And there's really cool people out there who like the thing we did. We
1: had a librarian show up. Two who librarians. Who Two librarians?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Well, who got in the sexy librarian package because she had to <laughs> because she was a librarian. She's a sexy librarian. She was a sexy librarian. And uh, yeah, it's some guy who, who got one and then a couple for his kids and for his kid to give to her English teacher who yeah. was teaching uh oh, that's awesome. in class. And just people. A guy who teaches eighth
0: grade who's gonna use it as his reading. But not only that,
1: the other the other side of it is a kid
2: who might not normally be inspired to read Mark Twain sees that there's a robot in it Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden is like, oh my God, robots? Yeah. Right. That's awesome. We say that
1: in our pseudo intellectual. <laughs> they never explain the robot. It just
3: says robot. <laughs> it's just there. There's pictures.
1: Mark there's, Twain was did, a genius. It's an alternate reality. It's <laughs> yeah. like that uh, that John Travolta movie where the white people were the oppressed. White man's burden. White man's, man's burden. Well, man yeah. 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 And, uh, really? and, uh, no and Harry Belafonte was the rich black guy in it who was sort of the man. <laughs> and then there, it's
4: like Always the, got the his thugs, foot on Whitey's neck. <laughs> the thugs were the skinheads, and they had like like a white Rottweiler mm-hmm. or a, a bulldog of some sort. It's Such a bad movie. I really think though, you know, the, Great the, the lesson to ta- the lesson to
2: take away was that, uh, and all the popular music was like Pat Boone. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, is not. That works for he did, the current world we live in because white people. Never mind. No. <laughs>
2: No, no, it's Pat, Pat, people, Pat Boone would not dominate the Boone. MTV Video
3: Music Awards. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it?
2: Yeah. Anyway, Michael Buble. No, I'm trying to think of the is. I'm bubble. confused. <laughs> Michael Bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey Bubbles. Uh, but I think you know a lot. A lot of artists or a lot of people look at social networks and the building of community really more like they're the uh, they're the lord of a fiefdom mm-hmm. or something. Right where it's like yeah I'm going to build a community and they're just going to support what I do when you have to realize like no 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 community means we're we're all the, this together yeah. and you know that that means you know of, of not not just treating people like you're trying to take something from them but right. but you're all you know you're all in it together and you should have to appreciate that that element of it
1: and that's the great thing about the internet and technology, and you know, like we said, we, a couple years ago, we wouldn't have been able to do this project mm-hmm. at all because we wouldn't have been able to afford it, raise the money, or uh, or connect with people to to get the idea out there.
2: So that's it, people. No more excuses. If you want to make a thing, <laughs> make you have every resource uh, at your fingertips. Um, the internet is a magic genie. You just have to ask it the right questions. You just uh, a <laughs> no, Matthew.
3: Mm. No. <laughs>
2: Oh I just I said what what what's your wrong? what's your point of contention he is a really mean magic genie
4: yes, it okay. is an evil genie does a, what the people do to it we uh, did a
0: web series yeah. and uh I star in it and the amount of oh yeah the amount of thirteen year olds who seriously suggested I kill myself because I'm so hideous <laughs> was like through the roof And It's like, I'm an actor. I can take you know, I mean, I go into rooms every day and I'm too fat for those rooms so that's fine. but uh, you know like, other people aren't don't have thick skins, and that's a horrible thing to say to someone. No wonder there's teenagers out there who putting their things on YouTube and getting their feelings really hurt,
2: yeah, by a bunch of people who are I mean, the, all the people who said those things are miserable people.
0: yeah,
1: yes Miserable thirteen mean, year old ha- happy girls. people
2: don't think to do no. things like that.
1: There's actually an episode that we wrote after that where she goes to a dating workshop and one of the exercises is called First Impressions <laughs> where they bring someone up in front of the group and say, what are your first impressions of this person? And we just took all like all the quotes. That's great. Yeah, that's directly great. Yeah. things yeah. that were said about me. Of, of terrible, and there were just as
0: many things. people, and I play a really pathetic character, and there were just as many people who said, oh, that's just like me. And and so it was like, oh, yeah. mm. oh. <laughs> what was,
1: which which series was it's called Mary Olson. It's on uh, you, uh, YouTube.com/slash Diani Divine, yeah. and uh, it, we, it was a, it was a short film that we made called Girls Night Out for Sketchfest yeah. uh, competition there, and put it up on YouTube. And then, like three months later, she woke up and had like uh, a million.
0: Emails, emails from YouTube, and yeah,
1: from YouTube, of comments and stuff, and uh, and it got like 1.3 million hits, and so then we made a little follow up couple episodes, and we've uh, actually written a, a 10 episode uh, web series arc that we're hoping to to start uh, uh, shooting next year. So you guys don't give yourself enough credit because everything
2: you say to me is, we had an idea and then we just made a thing, and then
1: we just made more of that thing. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm being self-deprecating. Uh, uh,
0: no, that's not a word. <laughs> no, not. Well, uh, let, 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 me
1: you, let me tell you. Let me tell you a story.
2: I'm very self-defecating. I sh- I shit on myself. He shits on
0: himself all the time. The time. That's
1: what I wanted to say.
2: Grandpa's very self-defecating. <laughs> so shits here's an example console. of how we're
1: always just late to the party. Just in terms of like the industry in general and, and why we go out and do the things that we do. Like we made this movie, and so I went to go take a copy to my agent, <laughs> and uh, and so uh, I I'm going through the door into the agency. And he's coming out, and he looks right at me, and walks past. He
0: didn't even oh. recognize him. Recognize
1: My agent did not recognize me at all. Which
0: three is a great sign. Three yeah. Three weeks fire? later,
1: three weeks later, he fired me. <laughs> uh, and uh, so now wait, I wait. Who did I call again? <laughs> right. Exactly. It's Gabe. So uh, Gabe. And then like uh, Barry Bostwick, who's in the movie. Yeah. And really? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Barry Bostwick. Awesome. He plays the Exorcist in the film.
4: Though. Oh, that's awesome! I love Barry Bostwick. He was this great. This story he's might fantastic.
1: make you just sound pathetic, Gabe. Well, I'm just I'm just saying like don't give up like yeah, don't
0: yeah. you know things. Uh, oh, I, I that, to, y- oh I your point t- is that that ridiculously humiliating uh, career things happen, but it's okay because listen, you do other I things. I
1: listen to the Nerdist podcast <laughs> and I listen to Nerdist Writers uh, podcast, which and is and amazing. I, and I oh yeah, Ben Blacker
4: does amazing like,
1: Yeah, I paid my dues for six months doing stand up. Oh no, yeah, my, and we always show, say. Ah.
4: I know who you're talking about. Good
1: for you. <laughs> great. No, but just to let people know that, you know, like, oh, yeah, I was kicking around auditioning in L.A. For
0: three forever. weeks before I got a job.
1: And Well, uh, it's
2: all about the work. And, and yeah. you know, as long as you are consistent with it, um, I mean, I, I have a I, I have a metaphor that I is not is not it's probably not a great metaphor. But, you know, I sort of feel like
0: it's about apples.
2: <laughs> it's not about apples. <laughs> but, you know, with, with anything that I care about that I'm in for the long haul where I've decided like you know what I'm gonna fucking make this work no matter what right. no matter how much I get rejected no matter how much it hurts and no matter how much you know I have moments where I'm like what the fuck am I doing you know every day I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna punch a tree and sooner or later that fucking tree is gonna go down that yeah. right. I'm going to punch through that goddamn tree in the backyard at, at some point and you know what it's, it's sort of like it, the, just the way things work with kind of if you're headed in a direction and with the momentum, it's 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 a lot like compounded interest like, yeah, OK, great. I get a few cents here and there Oh, over a year that adds up a little bit. And then that compounds the next year and then the next right. year. And then all of a sudden before, you know, it, yeah. like all this, it's it's bigger than you thought it was going to be because you didn't give up. And, you you know, you 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 reassessed your plan every so often, but you had a plan and you right. just it's figured about it I'm out
1: a body of work. And I don't mean to be complaining. Am I complaining? No, no, no. OK. But I just want to say, like, it's I hard. Just and I want. Don't know if you should me. be
0: talking about on the on the podcast about how you can't get an agent. <laughs> well,
1: maybe there's some agents <laughs> listening who's like, oh, I'm scoop can't, this get guy agent, up he can't get an wants. agent he wants. Can't yeah. get an agent yeah. he wants.
4: There you go. No exactly. agent has compared to what he deserves and he knows he needs. It's gonna be funny you if go.
2: your ex agent hears the podcast and then calls you in to meet with him. And you're like, you dropped me, and he's like, what are you?
1: Ta- We've never what? met. What? <laughs> What's your name? I don't know who you
3: are.
2: <laughs> Well, uh, I think you're doing an amazing job. Uh, congratulations. You. I think you're
0: doing an amazing job. Ah, yeah.
2: it's You're nice.
1: We're
2: proud of you. I'm proud of you. Fap, fat, fat. Uh, <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. I want to hear more of this show.
4: <laughs>
2: but uh, congratulations on the movie. Congratulations on the book. Thanks, man. Um, and, you know, I'm, I, I've am i always, always believed in, in in you guys and always, like, whenever I've seen you, Perform or just stuff that you work on always been like nah that's there's there's something extra special going on oh, there so thank you. so it's you know I, I I I would like to see you know I I'm, i I want to see your growth and see see you guys
1: I'll show you my growth do all
2: the things all
3: right.
1: you should get that cut
2: off <laughs> what his dick <laughs> the growth oh. not the dick his dick is the growth that's, that's, what, was talking, I think that's it was, what he, he was, was talking to. about his dick oh <laughs> i was talking about
1: the growth on my dick I'm
2: embarrassed for you well. your dick has a dick. What? <laughs> You're going to cut off your dick, stick? Yes. Well, it wouldn't be the Nerdist Podcast <laughs> if we didn't...
0: <laughs> There's we, a reason that, that we're running if on of years. If we, if, we, if, we if
2: we didn't land it into the dick port, which, which I always tend to do,
1: Shocking. it's my fault. I'm just trying to fit beep, in. Beep. It's my fault. You
0: are just trying to fit in. I know. Do you want to say I anything know. filthy or...
1: No, but I, I listen to the podcast while I'm doing dishes and I and uh, apparently you're not doing dishes lately. Yeah. Oh, I should listen no. to the podcast. well I got to work on <laughs> Dishmageddon, but, uh, make dish but too much and It's necessary. always like it's Whoa. like hanging out with you guys and not being able to participate. So now I can listen yeah. to myself and not be able to participate. Oh Gabe, why did you say that? You're saying
2: it <laughs> exactly. to yourself. Exactly. <laughs> why
1: did you tell a story about the agent? <sighs>
2: do you want to tell people to enjoy their burrito? I do. Okay. Enjoy, Enjoy your, your burrito. burrito. Well Ooh. done! A Dianne and Divine
0: first. We're big burrito fans, though. So. Yeah.
3: Let's go get burritos after this. Yeah. Let's do it. We're we'll get literally getting a burrito from the Black Dog. It's very good.
4: That's a good burrito. Do they make it in the they afternoon? They have a good Mexican scramble. I don't think they do the 2 PM breakfast.
3: After 2. Yeah. All right.
4: We have to do a thing at the uh, Baja Fish in Pedro.
2: We will. Oh, that's where the original Enjoy Your Burrito thing came from. Yeah.
4: So good.
2: All right, we'll do it. <laughs> Let's all do... Mexican scramble. Are we still recording? Yeah. Why? Do <laughs> you have anything Something's else? Something's gonna,
4: gonna
0: happen?
1: Yeah. Just wait for it. Wait for it. Here it Should comes. we make fart
0: noises?
4: What? <laughs> yes, please. I thought you were gonna make a fart noise.
0: <laughs> I can I used to be really good in third grade. That's good. Thanks. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Now leaving Nerdist.com.
2: This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Comedy Bang Bang. Every Friday at 10, 9 central on IFC.
4: This episode is brought to you in part by Purina. Purina is dedicated to creating richer lives for pets and the people who love them Your pet gives you the joy of the spring sunshine all year round. So today and every day, care for your pet with Purina. Your pet is Purina's passion. To learn more, head to Amazon.com backslash Purina.